Hi, welcome to Harvest Church Podcast. We pray that as you listen today, you are blessed and encouraged. Thank you so much for listening in. If you want any more information about our ministry, we'd love you to jump onto our website, harvestaustralia.org. Have a great day. Excellent. Well, guys, if you'd like to uh, make yourselves more than comfortable this morning, we have a great treat for you this morning. We have Barry and Janet Manuel here this morning. Would you give them a big round of applause? Barry and Janet actually led this church for over 28 years, and uh, we're very thankful for all that they invested into this community and the, the legacy that they, they brought to us um, of such a strength in the Word of God and in the gifts of the Spirit. So we owe a lot to what the Lord has done through uh, them. Glory to God. And so it's so my great pleasure to uh, introduce Barry to come up. Would you ju- stand up this morning and give him a big round of applause? Thank you, guys. Thank you very much. Thank you, Ryan. I'm going to read from Jeremiah chapter 29. So you never say to people, turn in your Bibles anymore. But if you have your Bible on your smartphone, probably most people bring their smartphones, some maybe the iPad. So it's Jeremiah chapter 29 from verse 10 through to verse 14. This is what the Lord says. When 70 years are completed for Babylon... I will come to you and fulfill my good promise to bring you back to this place. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord, and bring you back from captivity. I will gather you from all the nations and places where I have banished you, declares the Lord, and I will bring you back to the place from which I carried you into exile. There are four things I want to draw your attention to from this passage. First of all, Israel's situation at the time that this was written. Now, Jeremiah the prophet wrote it, and um, Jeremiah lived in that period leading up to 587 BC, when actually... Israel or was totally destroyed as a nation by Nebuchadnezzar and the Babylonian armies. Jeremiah went to Egypt. He went to exile in Egypt or I guess escaped to Egypt. But many, many of the Jews were taken to Babylon and were exiled in Babylon. And so Jeremiah wrote this letter to the exiles in Babylon. And uh, part of this letter I just read to you is a word about the exile and what they were experiencing. And God was telling them that the time would come that they'd have 70 years of exile. That would come to an end and they would come back to the land. Now, the, the city of Jerusalem had been destroyed. The walls were broken down. The temple was, was wiped out. The place was a mess. And when you read the stories of Ezra and Nehemiah, their stories relate to the rebuilding of the walls and to the beginning of the rebuilding of the temple. And so this is a great promise from God for the people of Israel. And it's been fulfilled in history. 
We've actually seen in the two exiles that Israel's experienced, God has brought the Jewish people back to the land of Israel. He's established them as a nation again. And he has fulfilled the promises of his word. And Israel will survive. And Israel will thrive. And Jerusalem is a Jewish city. They are scriptural principles. Do not get sucked in to some of the extreme teachings that say God's finished with the Jews. He hasn't. God has not finished with the Jews. God has not finished with Israel and he will protect Israel. Read Zechariah chapter 12 and you'll find out what will happen to the nations that come against Jerusalem. The world's built on a lie. The media's built on a lie. We need to know the word of God and keep to the word of God. And the word of God is Israel is still significant in the plan and purposes of God. But as well as that, there's a spiritual principle here. And the spiritual principle that's found here is for us. Because the Old Testament, though true, and the narratives, the stories, all that are true, there are spiritual principles there and God hasn't changed. And God works according to those principles. And the principles that I see here for us, first of all, about God's plans for us. So verse 11, I'll read it to you again, says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. So God has good plans for us. God cares for us. God loves us and God's best is always for us. And yet we can think about our lives and think, well, I don't know whether things are always going well for me. I don't know what's always happened to me is always good. As I was preparing this and thinking about it this week, I was reminded of the story of Joseph. And we know the story of Joseph, told in the book of Genesis. Joseph was a young man, idolised by his father, and his father made him that special coat. He had those amazing dreams where he he dreamt of uh, significant things happening in his life, which all happened. But anyway, his brothers were jealous of him. And you know the story goes out to greet his brothers, see how they were going, and they say, here comes the dreamer, and they take him, and some of the brothers just wanted to kill him. Such was their brotherly love. And they, the oldest brother said, no, let's just toss him down this well here and we'll kill a a sheep and put it on his coat and we'll we'll tell dad that a wild animal had, had killed him. So that's where Joseph ends up. He's down there and some slave traders come through heading down to Egypt and they decide to sell Joseph to the slave traders. So he ends up in Egypt. But he's a fine young man. He's a fine-looking young man. He's got a lot of ability. He ends up in the house of Potiphar. And there in Potiphar's house, he is significant and and, uh, highly regarded. And Potiphar's wife has designs on him. And so she makes advances, but he resists. And she tells that big lie about him, which ends him up in an Egyptian prison. So that's the basic story of Joseph in the Bible. That's one who trusted God, who believed God, who obeyed God. Sometimes when we think, and we get a teaching like this today, when we think if we obey God, everything's going to go smooth. No, it may not. It may go very much in the opposite direction as it did for Joseph. And when Joseph was coming to the end, after his father had died in Genesis chapter 50, his brothers meet with him again. They think, Dad's dead. Joseph will now get revenge on us. And do you know why they thought that? Because that's what they would have done. That's what was in their hearts, and that's how they would have acted. Often we judge people according to the way we would act. And so they think, we better go to him and plead with him. And he says, 
Genesis 50, verse 20. He says, You meant this for evil, but I love this phrase, God meant it for good. See, God was in control. God was superintendent. He was overruling all these events. And because God is in control, it doesn't mean it's always going to go well for us. It doesn't mean everything's always going to go go nice and easy. There the facts are we will sin and make mistakes and people will sin against us. But the encouragement we all have is God's plans for us are good. And overall, God's plans will be fulfilled. He has a hope and a future for every one of us. And we may not have experienced that. We may be struggling, but we need to come back to the Word of God and believe God's Word over our circumstances. What well, how Joseph would have felt in an Egyptian prison back those thousands and thousands of years ago. What a terrible situation to be in. Horrible. I've got these dreams, you know, where the family's going to bow down to me and all this sort of thing. I've had these, where is it? I'm in prison. Somehow or other, he endured, he trusted God, he believed in the word that God had given him. And that's what we need to do. That will take us through some of the difficult times. Ryan referred to the fact that I was the pastor here. I think the reign of terror was for about 28 years. And um, some people saw it that way. (laughs) Things you can say, you know, when you get old and leave. And anyway, there was a period, I was trying to think about it this morning. I think it may have been about uh, 20 or so years ago. It would be at least that. Where things hadn't gone well in the church and the atmosphere wasn't all that good. There'd been some problems with a particular situation. And I thought, it's time for me to go. My time's over. And around that time, I'd been invited by a large Baptist church in New South Wales to consider going there. And uh, a large church in Queensland, right up north, but I hate humidity, so I couldn't really believe that was God's will. And then then there was a church here in Adelaide that's doing well and doing well today, and they approached me, and I met with them. And Janet and I prayed about it, we shared about it. I was uncertain of what, what to do. Was it my time to go? Was it time to accept this call? And I was reading Eugene Peterson. Some of you would know of Eugene Peterson. He wrote The Message. And uh, I was reading his book on the uh, studies in the book of Jonah. Terrific book. And the, the next chapter I was to read at this time, when I was really praying about it and really wondering what to do, I opened the book and there was the heading. I can see it now in black, big, bold type. Stay where you are. <laughs> so I knew that was God's word to me. I knew God was telling me exactly what I was to do. And I... Uh, know that that plan and that purpose of God was right and it was good because had I gone I know the pathway we would have taken would have been very very different the pathway we took was right eventually going to Toronto and experiencing all that that meant and significantly in our lives I want to say to you be assured God's plans for you are good even if you're going through a difficult time God's plans are good he has a future for you he has hope for you now The next thing is, how do we enter into that? You see, what I did at that time, and I was challenged with with this church, particularly here in Adelaide, which did appeal to me at the time, was I had to seek the Lord. I had to pray. And this is what the Lord says to the people of Israel. He says, then you will call on me, this is verse 12, 
and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. Verse 13, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. You will seek me and you will find me when you seek me with all your heart. And that's a lesson I have learned over the years, that whatever situation, whether in, in a good situation, a challenge about whether to accept a particular appointment or a difficult situation when things aren't going well, whatever, to seek the Lord. Just over three years ago, on a Saturday morning, we love our Saturday mornings. I get up and being the wonderful husband I am, I get my wife breakfast in bed. And they say self-praise is no recommendation. But I, let me tell you, self-praise is better than no recommendation. But anyway, so then we got this phone call. And it was from our doctor. And uh, he informed Janet that the lump in her right side here was cancerous. And that was like a, like a cannonball, you know, just suddenly out of the blue. We have quite good health and we're very thankful for that. And so we had, we had this challenge and uh, we prayed every Sunday. Gathered, people gathered around in our church and prayed for Janet. We prayed every day. But those lumps stayed there. And so she had the surgery. And I, I can remember one Saturday night around this time sitting there and just feeling really overwhelmed by this and overwhelmed what it was going to mean. And so we had to seek the Lord. And we did. And the Lord spoke to my heart particular things which were very helpful and very encouraging. And the Lord has taken us through this time. And we're very thankful that she's been clear of any cancer for two years. But that, that was a time when, well, once again, we had to seek the Lord. We had to turn to him. And the word God says to the people of Israel there in exile in Babylon, one of the Psalms says, you know, how can we sing the Lord's songs? In a, in a foreign land because they were depressed. They felt God had betrayed them. They felt God had abandoned them. But he says, seek me. You will find me when you seek me with all your heart. And I want to suggest to you that often that's the one thing we don't do. We don't seek the Lord with our whole heart. We pray a bit, but if it doesn't work, we try something else, try our, some other way of fixing things up or whatever. But God says, seek me with your whole heart. And seeking God with our whole heart means that we get rid of the bad stuff. Because when we're cluttered up with bad stuff, we, are, we don't have a heart that's open to God. We don't have a heart that will listen to God. In fact, the proverb says, guard your heart for out of it are the issues of life. And I'd have to say that it's very, very easy, and I've been guilty of this as much as anyone else, it's very, very easy to forget how significant it is to keep a good heart. Because it's so easy to get bitter, it's so easy to get angry. R.T. Kendall in his book, Total Forgiveness, says, the biggest hindrance to revival is unforgiveness in the church. Isn't that interesting? That's what he says. Dear old R.T. is now nearly 80 years of age. And in his book, Total Forgiveness, he says, unforgiveness is the biggest hindrance. And if you think about it, if your heart has unforgiveness in it, you're not going to have a heart that's seeking God and just laying it all before him. Just opening yourselves up to him, to whatever he wants and whatever he wants to do. So the way to enter into God's good plans and God's blessing. And to experience it and know it is seek the Lord. 
as one of the um, verses in Scripture says, seek the Lord while he may be found. James says, you know, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Years ago, I was reading um, Rick Joyner. I haven't read Rick Joyner lately. Some of you will know of Rick Joyner. He said, we are as close to God now as we want to be. And I thought, twaddle. I thought, that's not true. I want to be really close to God and I don't feel as if I am. So I disagreed with him. But then he did a dirty on me. He quoted the scripture. James 5 says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. That's his promise. So it's actually saying that as we draw near to God, we have the assurance God is going to draw near to us. That he's going to come close to us as we seek him. As we open our lives up to him. As we get seek him with our whole heart, we can be assured he will keep his promises. And we'll enter into that future and that hope that he has for us. And the last thing I want to say is this. <clears throat> and I feel this is particularly for some people here. I, I shared some of what I'm sharing with you now. I shared last Sunday in our church, but I, it's a bit different. But this is really different because I didn't feel this impressed upon me at all. But I do for you folk, or for some of you folk here. You see, verse 14 says, I'll be found by you, declares the Lord. And will bring you back from captivity. I will gather you from all the nations and places where I banished you, declares the Lord. And will bring you back to the place from which I carried you into exile. And I had it impressed upon me this week that some of you feel that you're, you're in exile. Some of you feel that you've been in exile. You feel that you've been almost, almost abandoned by God. And nothing much is happening in your life. You certainly don't experience the good things, the joy and the freedom that you once did. You feel like you've been in exile. And I believe the Lord wants me to say to you that he is going to bring you out of exile. He's going to bring you to a new place and to a good place. That the exile is over. And you need to receive that and you need to believe that. And you need to know that God is taking you in this year maybe in a few months' time, into a new place. A place of blessing, a place of favour and a place of encouragement. A place where you will experience his hope and his future and his good plans. And that's his promise. So, God's plans for us are good. He calls us to seek him with our whole hearts and be encouraged that he has a good place for every one of us. Father, I pray that you'll bless that word to everyone here today, whatever their circumstances, whatever situation they're in, particularly those who feel that they've been in exile, Lord, that you'll confirm to them, you'll affirm them, you'll affirm that word to them, that you're bringing them out of exile and they want to come out of exile and they want to experience your good plans. Encourage us all, Father, in this year, in this significant time that we're living in, in our nation, to seek you with our whole heart. In the name of Jesus.